Imagine being able to ask any question about church issues and practices at any time. Imagine getting a response in 24 hours or less. Imagine a team led by Tom Rayner answering your questions. It's like having your own church consultant on staff, and it's only $14.97 per month. That's only 49 cents per day, and there's no long-term commitment. You can try it today at churchanswers.com slash subscribe. You'll also get a free virtual staff meeting led by Tom Rayner every single month. Again, join us at churchanswers.com slash subscribe. Got church questions? Get church answers. Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Welcome to this episode of EST Podcast. My name is Josh King, and I'm joined with my good friends Micah and Sam. How are you guys this morning? I got new carpet. In the office? No, I got a, oh. I got a story with my new carpet. <laughs> that sounds encouraging. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, we... Is, does the carpet involve ladybugs, though, Sam? No, no, I'm in my new office. That, that, Disappointed. Oh, you're finished. You're not in the it's ladybug done. room anymore. Yes, yeah. I, I'm in my new office, too, Sam. So yeah, we're new say, officing this is Josh's, Josh's first episode coming to us from Arkansas. That's Central right. Arkansas, baby. Beautiful, beautiful weather here right now. So it's very nice. Um, but tell us about your carpet. Okay, so they fin- we're, we're, we're renovating the church. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been, you know, been talking about that for like a year on this podcast, and I've been dealing with it for about a year here. Um, and things are going really well, actually. Uh, thankfully, no major headaches. We signed a fixed price agreement on Wednesday, but in the process, I had to move offices because my office is going to be the entryway. Um, nice. So they put me on the third floor to get me out of the way of everybody um, in the education building, and it's a really nice office, And but I needed carpet. Um, so I got everything done except for the carpet. And I, there's a guy in our church who's a phenomenal person, just amazing deacon, longtime member, just everything you want in a church member. Um, he does carpet. And he said, I'll hook you up. So he did. So he sent me a picture while he was laying the carpet and said, here's your new carpet. And it, it had, you know, it's very colorful. It's got orange and red and uh, gray. And hmm. you know, it actually looks, it looks really good in the room. If you saw it, it, you know, modern, you know, crisp, looks, looks sharp. But, you know, I, I had to ask him about the colors. I said, well, why do you, why, why orange and red? And he goes, well, there's a little story behind that. <laughs> he, um, he did the carpet for uh, the coach's offices at Raymond James. So, oh. So I have the same carpet, the as exact the same carpet as, as the, the coaches, coaches of the Bucks. I'm glad y'all said the Tampa Bay Bucks. I had no idea what Raymond James was. I thought that was maybe like a local high school or something. Is that the well, stadium? It is yeah, the stadium I, for the Bucks. Oh, so cool. I, here, here I am. Thrashed I'm, the Saints yesterday. Uh, yeah, no kidding. I'm not a big football smoked. fan, but you know, go Bucks. It's great I don't game. really want to talk about football. Right I now. do want to talk about. <laughs> let's talk about Cowboys football, and then let's really talk about Packers football. I came into the office mm-hmm. wearing my Aaron Rodgers jersey this morning. I don't know why you got to be so mean. It's just, it's just rude. Hey, Josh. So, you, do, do you know that my brother is a huge Cowboys fan? No, but that yeah, should so be funny. My mom's from Texas, so my brother is a huge Cowboys fan, and it went to the Cowboys Panthers game yesterday. His first NFL. Oh, game. poor guy. 
Yeah. Poor guy. Not the best game to go to, but nonetheless. Yeah, he should have watched really this. really cool, Sam. I know. Do you I hear know. the the new rule though, uh, Micah? Where the hard count is, you can't do that now. You can't draw them off sides. So Aaron Rodgers' career just tanked because yeah, that's, that's his one move. Last last night was a real clear evidence that he tanked. For those who are listening, we're record <laughs> we're recording this the morning after the first game of the season, season when yeah. the, in the hundred year history of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers led the the greatest fourth quarter comeback in the history of the team last night. Overrated. Yep, sure is. <laughs> and just in case Dean and Sarah, just in case our friend Dean and Sarah is listening, Aaron Rodgers is the goat. The goat is every no. time I say that, Dean's eyes bug out and he gets upset and starts hyperventilating about uh, Tom Brady. But anyway, that's an that's that's funny. All right, let's talk about uh, some of the EST things, the, the kind of stuff you know that people are listening to us for. The idea I think that we're going to talk about today is guest preacher. Sam, you had a guest preacher yesterday, correct? Man, I had Kevin Smith, Dr. Kevin Smith, one of the finest preachers, most amazing leaders in the United States, state exec of the Maryland-Delaware Baptist Convention, um, part of our tribe as Southern Baptist, but the guy can flat out preach, and it cool. was a thrill to have him here at Westby. And he's, and he's as good a man as he is a leader and a preacher. That's like, fantastic. He's just a really good man, and I love that he's... Used to be a church planner in Chattanooga, gentlemen. His wife is from Chattanooga. <laughs> not letting Yay, this podcast chat. go by that we don't talk about Chattanooga. And uh, when Kevin comes through on his motorcycle, his Harley, we stop and we get steak in a sack at a local restaurant right on the corner, and it's gloriously good. He is he is a fantastic leader and a great man. And so the idea is, well, what do you do with guest preachers? I think we could back this up to, you know, briefly just saying how often you should leave. Maybe you should have guest preachers. My habit has been to be out of the pulpit mm, six to eight times a year. But most of those, I would say, you know, if I'm out six, five of those, I'm sitting right there on the front row. So it's just a matter of building this idea around not being built on a personality or my particular style. And we don't have a team or we didn't have a team in Saxe. So, um, so when you're out of the pulpit, you know, how do you book? Is there any thought process behind getting a guest preacher, or do you just find the, you know, whoever's closest to get somebody? Or, you know, uh, let's talk about all of that. So, first of all, let's just say briefly, because that, that's not the point. But how often are you guys out, and how often do you get out of church guest preachers, not somebody in the congregation? Oh, uh, not somebody in the congregation? Right. Once every two, three years. Mm, okay. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I, um, well, in a normal year, I would have once or twice a year, I would have someone who's not a part of the church who hmm. would be there to speak. But um, this year it was a little different because I was gone overseas for three weeks, and so we had guest preachers. And I intentionally, instead of filling it with our own guys, we, we went out and got some three guest speakers who came in during those three weeks that I was out. But, yeah, I mean, typically I'm probably out of the pulpit total about six weeks a year, maybe. And, uh, but... Yeah. Typically, we've there. done in-house fill, but one year I actually planned to be out about six weeks and intentionally went out and got um, men of color to fill the pulpit for me, all of those those breaks, to you know intentionally try to um, bridge some of those gaps between our church and other churches. And so that was real helpful and sort of a move we made there. But when we're booking these people, do you... Um, I guess I'm just going to use booking. I know it's not a performance, but when we're arranging and, and scheduling these folks, do you always book people that you have heard before or or some of them you haven't heard but on their their reputation? I always I always book somebody that I know. 
um, okay. that I have some level of a relationship with, that I, I have an idea of what they will say in the pulpit. Yeah, I, um, I'm the same way. I, even if I may not have ever sat under their preaching, I know them personally. I can vouch for their character, their theology. I mean, I think it's important. There is one instance that I can think of in the past few years where I had a guest speaker who I did not personally know. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. And, um, and, but because of some credentials, I, I, I had him speak and probably wouldn't do that again. Um, yeah, it's always someone that I know personally. I had never heard Sam preach, and he preached for me once, and uh, it was great. Yeah, there's was a whole story yeah, but behind you knew, that. But you knew oh, Sam. I know. You may not have heard him preach, but you knew Sam. Mm, I mean, I knew of him. I oh, just, really? uh, I had respect for him um, from a distance and just went ahead and booked him. And Josh, I was like, what's, what's the worst that can happen? Josh reached, out, Josh reached out to me. He was the first person to reach out to me after I got fired from my church. Mm. That's what happened. And Well, I knew you weren't doing anything. I thought you'd be pretty affordable. So. Uh, I I was I I spent I, for, for those great. of you who don't know my story I'll have to tell it at some point but I spent six months unemployed yeah yeah I, didn't I think do that'd wrong. be a great it, show it was, like what happens if you wake up one day and you're not the pastor yeah, um, that that'd yeah, be a great I can, show I can I can speak to that I, and just for our listeners who don't often who who may not know me I there was no moral failure I didn't do anything wrong he didn't they do just, anything wrong they just out of power group to push me out yeah, we yeah, have Josh, Josh was the first one to reach out, and forever I will be fiercely loyal to you because yeah. of, of what you did for me, man. That's cool. So when we are, you know, arranging some folks, you know, one of the things that I like to think through is I intentionally go after uh, preachers who have completely different styles than mine. Like I am more of a storytelling narrative style of preacher. I really do like to book uh, preachers who are maybe you know the the traditional three points in a poem type or. Um, I like to go for different cultures. Uh, not, I'm not just saying like uh, maybe a Hispanic pastor myself, but maybe somebody who's much older than me or those sort of things. I love getting that diversity and using the times I'm out to um, highlight that diversity. Now in Saxe, we had a couple of uh, preachers in the congregation and they were of those different styles. So that was, you know, when we're doing in-house kind of stuff, that was good. But what, do y'all give any thought to style? Do you like to keep it the same or... Do you want to diversify that? Different. Always different. I, I try very hard um, to, to get somebody who's different than me. Yeah, If I, it's an I, outsider. I don't give a lot of thought to that personally. I, I, my question is, is it someone I like that I think my people would like and enjoy and someone I trust? And so um, now, I mean, I'll try. Like if uh, this summer when I had three different preachers in a row, I was intentional about trying to vary age and ethnicity so that there was some diversity with those back-to-back-to-back weeks. But mm-hmm. Generally speaking, I don't really worry too much about whether their style is different than mine. Or, or I mean, I, is it someone who I really like to hear preach? And is are they hmm. are they solid theologically? And is it someone I think who will be able to communicate well to my people? Those who's are your favorite um, you know guest preacher that you've had come in? Mine's Kevin Smith. He's like my favorite preacher. Period. Oh, really? Of, of of my friends. I mean, everyone's got you know Keller and others at the top of their list of you know just amazing you know communicators preachers. Um, but for those who actually can like text you know their cell phone <laughs> kevin <laughs> kevin is uh he's he's my number one choice awesome what about you yeah. micah yeah I, that's a hard question for me to answer because i like different things about different people i mean sure maybe i mean nathan finn is one of you guys know that he's one of my best friends in the world and i've had i've had him preach at both churches uh that i've been senior pastor over the last 10 years and uh, he's probably among my favorite he's a great preacher he's solid theologically and he's just my really good friend so i love having him at our church so that's probably up there for me but that's that's not a really helpful 
question. I, I mean, not a helpful answer per se for everybody else who's listening that I can. Yeah. Uh, would be my guess. Mike Johnny over at Kings Harbor Church in L.A. Uh, is a good friend of mine and by far my very favorite. Uh, he is literally my favorite preacher. If I didn't know him, I would say that. He's an amazing preacher and just great. I've had him several times in Saxe. Plan on getting him here in Conway as well. Um, just a fantastic preacher. I just, it's fun when the when the guest preaching just really speaks to you, you know, and is just really encouraging. So, I think that's exciting. One of the things that we need to talk about is so let's say somebody's listening and they're like, you know, I need to do this. I, I'm going to be away on vacation, or I would just encourage them to just kind of plan some days where they don't preach, even just for their own health. They they need to rest from that. And those weeks. I don't know. Are you guys the same as me? If I'm not preaching that Sunday, even if I'm still in the office, I just feel like I can get so much more done, work ahead of my sermons and things like that. Is is that a bonus for you guys as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, sermon prep is heavy work. Yeah. So if I'm not having to prepare a sermon, and granted, that's year, because that's rare for me, because I'm only out of the pulpit maybe three times a year. Right. Um, and two of those are vacation. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, it's... Uh, it is a relief is the wrong word because I have a burden to preach and I love it, mm-hmm. but it's it. Yeah, I'm definitely more productive with things outside of the sermon if, uh, yeah. if I'm not having to write one. So I would encourage our listeners if you know maybe you're just at you're a single staff church. It's just you. You haven't taken a break in a long time because you just kind of feel like you can't maybe afford it either uh, with the momentum or you can't afford it financially. Uh, I don't often find that this is a very expensive endeavor at all. I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you have local guys come in and it's just a, uh, it's a free thing, you know? Is that the same for you guys? How do y'all handle the finances? Because I think we need to burden that and not make the guest ask that sort of question. What do you think? Yeah, um, well, I'll, I'll speak to this. If it's your own people, like, you know, I've, guys that are called to preach and I've got you know, three or four in my church that I'm training up and they're doing a great job. And one of them is going to be preaching for me here in a few weeks in one of our services. So instead of giving him all three, I'm going to let him, uh, let's try him out for one, see how he does. He'll do a fine job. Um, but mainly when I'm out of the pulpit, I'm using the opportunity to give to my own guys here that are, um, that I'm training up. But so they don't often get paid. I mean, they may get a gift card or something like that. I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to pay them high dollars. No, no offense to them. They do a fine job, but they're part of our church. When I bring in a guest, though, there are some parameters to think about. And my brother, actually, Art, at ArtRainer.com, wrote a really good post on how do you know how much to pay. Hmm. Um, so you can, uh, you can go to ArtRainer.com. It, the, the title of the blog is How Much Should You Pay a Guest Preacher? Um, go check that out. Um, basically, what he says is for every service that they're preaching, it's one-half of 1% of the pastor's annual salary. So... Let's say you've got two services, your pastor makes sixty grand. Um, you know, one half of one percent of sixty grand is three hundred dollars times two services, six hundred bucks. Um, so he's got a little formula there um, mm-hmm. to to help you understand kind of. And what what, you, what? what? How did he come up with that? Was it just like surveying or talking, oh, just, or he just thinks it's reasonable? Uh, you know, it's, he's a rainer, so he pulled a number out of his butt. I mean, that's just what we do. <laughs> And there's the commentary that everybody comes for. <laughs> I'm going to clip that. That's going to be the thing that we share um, later on. Yeah, you um, can quote me on that. I don't. I don't think there's going to be many people out there on, in the Twitter world that are going to disagree with that. <laughs> um, 
But I will say that people seem to like Rainer numbers. They do. I mean, they are big sellers. That's very good. But no, it's an arbitrary number. I mean, and, and it's just a guideline. I mean, you, you may decide, well, we're going to do 0.4%, you know, it's mm. like 0.5%, whatever. One but half yeah, it's, of 1%. It's a good, that's a good, that's a good way to think. I mean, we just need a standard. Somebody needs to pick one. So yeah, it's, good. it's a standard and you, you know, you, you may choose a little different standard. Uh, you, the thing is to be intentional about it. Show hospitality, you know, pay for their travel, tell them up front, let them know ahead of time. Here's what we're going to do. Um, do all of that on the front end. Don't make them guess. Don't, don't let a guest preacher come in just wondering, am I going to get paid? What's going to happen? Are they going to mm-hmm. reimburse me for the hotel? Um, tell them everything on the front end. You may even want to have a little contract that you sign. It's not necessary, but if you really want to go above and beyond, um, you know, ask them, what are your requisites? You know, what would you require if you came? Um, and then what, whatever they require, do that and a little more. And yeah. just, here's the thing. You want your rep, you want your church to have the reputation with outsiders of, oh yeah, you want to go and preach there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that, that's what I'm aiming for. So we, you know, we had Kevin Smith here. I would love for him to go back to his friends and go, oh, yeah, West Braden really took care of me. I mean, it, it was it was good. Michael, what's your thought process on, on the pay situation? Or do you yeah, even so, get I mean, involved in that? It is going to be, uh, I like, I think, uh, Art's idea, uh, one half of 1%. I was doing the math on that, and it, it's a little different than I would uh, than I was thinking in my own head in terms of what we do financially. But Here's, here's my recommendation. It's going to be different at every church, and your budget and your demands are going to allow for what they're going to allow for. The key to me is generosity. Mm-hmm. I want our church to be known as a generous church. I want us to compensate our, our, our staff and personnel generously. Uh, now, that's not lavishly. I don't mean lavishly. I don't mm-hmm. mean, you know, everybody's rolling around in a Rolls Royce or anything like that. I just, we want to make sure they're taken care of. For one, that's just wise stewardship it helps us it's better to pay them a little bit more and have them stay than constantly cycle through employees right so there's just it's a stewardship issue and secondly though i think it's a biblical issue we want to have a culture of generosity at our church so we do that with our staff here and we want to do that with our guests so uh you, the, the things sam mentioned absolutely come into play we want to pay them something that we believe is a generous uh, amount for what they're doing we want to provide for their travel expenses we always provide if we're if we're asking someone to come in if we have to fly them in or if they're driving, it makes it really easy. But we always try and compensate for a second person to come with them. We think just morally that's a wise idea for them to travel with a companion so that they're not susceptible to temptations that happen while you're on the road, whether it's a spouse or I travel with interns usually when I travel uh, if Tracy can't go with me because our kids are at home. So we usually cover their, their expenses, and if possible, we try and pay for a second person to come with them. And like I said, if they're driving, that's good news because really all it costs is just a little bit of extra food because the hotel they can share or if they're in a hotel or, you know, a rental car or whatever, it's all the same cost. And then we try and make sure we do some nice little things for them while they're here just to say thank you for serving our church. Because remember this, they're leaving behind their job, their family, their responsibilities. It's not just, hey, we're coming and they're preaching at our church. And I think sometimes people think that. I've got someone in coming in to preach at our church. No, they're, they're leaving behind all those things for a day or two. Depends on how long it takes to travel to you. And uh, so we try and do a little gift basket for them in the hotel room just to say thank you. Some little Chattanooga things, a Brainerd mug, you know, that sort of thing. And then we also, my assistant knows this, when someone comes to speak as a guest at our church, we order flowers for their spouse and have them delivered after the after their the the guest speaker has left and is on their way to us while the guest speaker is with us we have flowers delivered to their home for their spouse that says thank you for giving your spouse to us this weekend we really appreciate your generosity to our church that cost very little money 30 40 50 something like that 
makes a huge impression on the spouse, who is generally the one who carries the brunt of the responsibility because they're at home with kids and, you know, they're having to shuttle around what normally two people are doing. And so we just want to go out of our way to be good hosts who are hospitable and generous in the way we treat guests. I like it. You know, when we were, um, when I was making the transition from uh, Saxe to uh, here at Second Baptist Conway, the guest preacher that we had is well-known well-known person, um, personality and things like this. And I actually asked him, you know, what is the fee? What do we, what do we spend to, to get you here? And, and he said, uh, his question was, which I don't think this should be a standard. It was just kind of funny. Uh, he said, do you want me to write a new one or can I preach something I have? And I said, uh, totally up to you, man. And he says, okay, great. I'll just preach one I already had. And um, since somebody else paid me to write it, then I won't charge you anything. So he did those two free just because he was just coming in and helping me out. And I thought that that was kind of a neat way to do it. A couple of other ways that we have um, handled things in the past is we had two uh, full-time evangelists. And so in our denomination, there are these men who will travel around and preach at week-long meetings or they'll preach in churches, those sort of things. They um, they're called full-time evangelists, or they're sometimes called revivalists, um, depending on your theology. And uh, they're dependent on the love offerings of churches, essentially, and being booked and regularly gone, those sort of things. And so one of them in particular, we booked every single first Sunday of the year, every single one. And then the agreement was anything over budget need that came in, we would give to him. And so um, that was a, it usually is a rather large offering, and we gave all the extra past the budget need um, to him. And so that, that helped out. And that's a way that maybe you're in a church and the budget is uh, tight or smaller, and you just really can't afford that one half of 1%. Um, that's a way that I've found that usually it challenges your people to give. It usually ends up being generous and those sort of things. And so um, that's, that's some things that we've thought through with, yeah. uh, providing. I'll tell you, I don't recommend that you do this. There's, there are multiple reasons why I think this could be unhealthy, but I'll tell you the most generously a church has ever taken care of me. I was 22 years old, young preacher, and I preached it the first time I'd ever preached at a pretty large church. And, um, they didn't write me a check at all. The pastor just got up after the pre- sermon each Sunday and said, Mike is going to go to the back of the room and shake your hands as you go out. As you walk by, put a 20 in his hand as, he, as you walk by and shake his hand. Oh, wow. I'm just telling you, I, I, we had no expectations of getting paid at all. That yeah, pastor, I have my that, deacons do that every yeah, week. He's actually, that pastor <laughs> Get up and a, say, hey, Sam preached a good sermon, put a 20 in his hand. No, I'd be scared of the Sundays when I didn't preach a good I sermon. Know, That'd be the problem. Not a dime, Gaiman. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he was, a, he was a really kind man who was an encouragement to me, and he passed away a few years ago. But I'm telling you, I shook hands and just like every time I was just stuffing. I can remember about halfway through shaking hands, I had to reach to my wife and hand her a whole pocket full of money and say, here, you hold on to this while I just mm. keep shaking hands. <laughs> Well, I mean, we went because we knew them and we had family there. We had no no desire to get paid. We had no anticipation we were going to get paid. I was a young guy getting ready to yeah. go on the mission field, and they were just encouraging us, and I was pumped for the opportunity. Cool. But it proved to be a real encouraging financial blessing for us that we didn't anticipate. 
Micah, Micah's the older brother on the podcast, so when he was young, that was before we had a cashless society. So hey, you can't, yeah, you can't take debit cards at the back of the church now. Actually, now that I think about it, man, it was like 17 years ago or so. Yeah. Listen, I got to tell you guys, we had some college students over the house last week, and one of them just graduated, is 23 years old, and is an engineer at a local firm. And I realized that his mom is one year older than me. And I've never, <laughs> I've never felt so old in all my life. And his That's dad is two years older than me. Oh, my gosh. But anyway. Well, I hope this episode has encouraged our listeners to book a, uh, you know, a, a guest preacher. Take that week off, even if it's just from sermon prep, and encourage because it's encouraging to you. It's restful to you. It's also restful or encouraging to those who are maybe trying to get some you know reps for lack of a better word but there are also others out there that they would love to come and share you know sometimes in your denomination if you have a local missionary or something like that they would love to come and share that's all the time we have for today we uh, do appreciate you listening we hope that you would go ahead and rate and review us on itunes as well as follow us on twitter.com slash est church we'll check you next week You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Support for EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Dern as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com.